Welcome to These Hallelujahs, where we are slowing down to reflect on personal journeys transformed by a Savior. Alright, hey everyone, we're back with a random podcast episode. Um, We decided that we would do a couple of um, candid conversations with previous people who have been, um, who participated in season one, um, to give them an opportunity to just uh, talk and um, kind of follow up with them. It was kind of an idea of ours to maybe down the road be able to follow up with season one and have more conversation with them after um, they've had some more time. Um, since sharing and so today we have um courtney burhook with us um we love courtney we also super love her family um her (laughs) and her mom did a co story together in season one um and talking a little bit about mental health and depression and so we thought it would be um a fun opportunity to chat with her while she's still home for two more days um, before she gets back off to college again. Um, so we're kind of just hanging out and going to have a candid conversation. If you hear a dog in the background, that's because we're at Jaina's house right now, just kind of hanging out and doing this podcast. Um, we're going to try to keep this a little bit more um, relaxed and um, authentic. So, um, yeah, if you hear background noises, just roll with it or, you know, don't listen so (laughs) um, i apologize in advance that's fine if you hear a garbage truck outside that might happen it did just drive by whatever um so yeah we're uh sitting with courtney and we're gonna chat a little bit with her and i'm just gonna um give her an opportunity to introduce herself and and tell us what she's been doing for the last couple years and we'll go from there yeah So I'm Courtney, and I attend Indiana Wesleyan University, and I study social work and psychology. So I kind of want to, I don't know, I feel like I've been called to something around the lines of counseling or therapy, so I just feel really called to social work, and I feel like psychology adds a lot to it, just to see what's going on with the brain. You know, I feel like it just adds a whole new perspective with therapy and counseling, so... I don't know, I've been really interested in that kind of stuff, and this past summer I've been working at Dairy Queen, <laughs> you know, got to pay off that debt, so, <laughs> yeah. And I have helped with that, because I think I've run into you a few times oh, in the drive Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> I've seen both of you a lot, it's very great, it's so fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say that I'm mostly there for my kids. I will not admit that I'm going there for blizzards for myself every single time. I wish that I could use that excuse. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Blizzards, honestly, so we got like a free blizzard for each shift that we worked this whole summer. And it's been so bad, so unhealthy. (laughs) Like, What's your, going Dairy Dairy Queen talk now, what's your favorite (laughs) blizzard? Oh my Since gosh. working there for what four months, five months? Yes, unpaid advertisement here. Um. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> and today's sponsor is. <laughs> oh gosh, I would have to say the drumstick blizzard is my mm. favorite. It's just—it's so, so unique. It's not like just chocolatey or just fruity or I don't know. Mm. It's just—it's just something else. Agreed. I love you know, that one. It's built what's, different. Mm-hmm. What's the worst one you've had? 
Oh, banana split by far. Ooh. Worst one, like worst one, tasting wise. Like yeah. you don't like that one. What's yes. the What's the worst one to make? Banana split. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's so. like five ingredients. It's so annoying to make, but a lot oh. of people get it. Surprisingly, it's just mm. it's weird. I don't know why, but it tastes so weird. Cause hmm. interesting. Yeah. So don't get the banana split. All right. <laughs> or if you do, give a really good tip. Yeah, please. There you go. <laughs> or up your dollar amount to whatever yeah. charity that they're doing yeah. that, uh-huh. that week or month. Yes. <laughs> oh, funny. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want, would you just give like a, a brief summary or just uh, for those who maybe didn't go back and read stories in season mm-hmm. one and, you know, joined us with the podcast uh, in season two, would you just give like a, a brief mm-hmm. overview of you know your story and and Mm -hmm. what you were sharing yeah so my story was just basically about my struggles in middle school and high school with anxiety and depression and my struggle with friendships and how just basically how I've grown I feel like um and I briefly touched on how I just felt like I wasn't the greatest friend in middle school and I don't know if that was because of my mental health, because I just wasn't in a very good place where I could, like, consider other people's feelings or something, but, yeah, so I just kind of talked about how I grew since then and how I've realized that God doesn't just, like, give us these problems and then leave us to deal with them. You know, he, I feel like he just uses them for growth. He uses them to make us a better person. You know, we pray for God to make us stronger. He doesn't just like make us stronger. He mm-hmm. gives us situations to mm-hmm. make us stronger. And yeah. it's hard to realize in the moment cuz we're like, "Why God, are you making me struggle with this?" But then you know, when you look back on it, you just you realize that he was with you the whole time and mm-hmm. he was helping you and making you stronger, you know. So hard to see the overall the, yeah. the big picture when you're fixated on the mm-hmm. the problem at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so Jane and I have obviously had conversations in the past, like mental health is mm-hmm. a comment, like we both have yeah. and still struggle with mental health. And mm-hmm. I think that's obviously a, a really common conversation, um, and struggle for people. What was it or how did you, how did you realize the, or, or see the problem that you were struggling with? And, and then how did you. What was your, like, first step in, you know, whether Mm -hmm. reacting to it, whether it was positive or negative, you know, trying to resolve it? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it definitely took a while for me to realize that I was being kind of selfish with my relationships and friendships. It wasn't until high school that I was really, like, yeah, I should probably not be so, like judgmental like okay for example um one of my friends that I was really close with and we kind of got to a point where we like were constantly arguing about dumb little things and she actually reminded me that I did this I didn't I didn't even remember but apparently one time I told her like so I would go to her locker every day after school and I didn't one day and so she texted me like how come you didn't come to my locker and I told her 
because God told me not to. (laughs) (laughs) And when she told me that, I was immediately like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually said something like that, (laughs) you know? That's just, like, yeah, we laugh at it. But then you, like, imagine how that impacted her in the moment. And, like, because she is a Christian, but, like, um, I don't know. In like, a different, in a a different, different place in, yeah. in, in mm-hmm. her walk with Christ yeah. than you were. And so it just kind of probably made, probably made her feel like, um, <laughs> like this is who God is like this is who Christians are and this is their priorities you know they don't actually care about other people they just care about like oh God told me to do this I don't know like that's just Mm -hmm. not a good thing to say and I don't even know if that's actually true you know like did God actually tell me not to go to her locker in that moment I don't think God is really the kind of person to be like, don't go to her locker. You should spite her and be rude to her. <laughs> like, God isn't like that. You know, it was definitely me just trying to be petty, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just think that's a good example of realizing how I needed to grow past that, you know, and just be more compassionate and be kinder and not be so selfish and think about myself so much and how everybody is wronging me I feel like that was an excuse for a lot of it just feeling like everybody is wronging me and I'm the only buddy only person who is like in the right you know mm-hmm. so I don't know it was in middle or high school where that, that yeah. <laughs> uh, not to bring the Enneagram into it but not, that sounds like the mantra of uh, unhealthy Enneagram one yes Yep. <laughs> I'm not the only one that's right. No, yeah. Call me out. It's true. It's you true. are an Enneagram one, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely something that has helped me realize that stuff is the Enneagram and helping me to kind of pinpoint what needs to be fixed, hmm. you know? So, Yeah. So that kind of answered the question I was going to ask na- next, but so what were, besides the Enneagram work, maybe that's the major, the major one, what were, you know, you talked about, you know, being more self-aware is essentially what you were saying, being aware that I'm not probably always right and mm-hmm. seeing outside of your own, you know, feelings and emotions that that, you know, in those situations, what was, what were some things that you were doing that helped um, provide that self-awareness for you like mm-hmm. tools or you know whatever like what kind of things were you doing to, to yeah. improve on that well I'm trying to like go back like yeah, it's a long relive time. it it was <laughs> so long ago it's crazy like four years ago now but um well that specific friend and I took some space from each other to kind of Um, figure out who we were like without each other because we had been so close for so long that we just needed to be apart you know and just like grow separately you know and so that was definitely a big thing for me like just kind of making new friends and like going back and just like oh I don't even know but my mom was a huge 
factor in that because I would just tell her everything that was happening and she would like tell me her thoughts and her like feelings about it and then also really getting close with God was a huge thing because um I don't know (laughs) it's just very helpful to be close with God I think you know (laughs) and just I don't know I honestly can't remember (laughs) (laughs) that's fine Uh um what kind of things were you what kind of things did you um do to you know at that time to get closer to God like what are kind Mm -hmm. of the the things where you feel closest to God Oh, honestly. Obviously, I would assume music <laughs> is one of those. Like yes. you're obviously yeah. a talented Worship singer. Team, yeah. Yes, is a huge part of that. That I I feel like I connect with God the most in worship. For sure is a huge thing. Like listening to music and just focusing on the lyrics of it, you know. And then the youth group leadership team was a huge mm-hmm. thing. Like I think that it's important not to, like, rely on people for um, your faith, but also having fellowship is so important in getting Mm -hmm. close with God because I feel like for a lot of teenagers, they can be really strong Christians, and then they can, like, go to school and get in the wrong crowd, and they just don't focus on God as much. So... Mm -hmm. And I feel like being at Brookings High School, there's just not a lot of really strong Christians there. Like, a lot of them are just, you know, they just don't hold God as an important thing in their life, you know. And so having that really solid friend group um, at church was so important to, like, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we had somebody to talk about with God, like, if we're struggling with something, we could ask them to pray for us, and we could talk about that in, like, a deeper way than I could with any of my friends outside of youth group, if that makes sense, you know? So yeah. that was definitely a huge factor for me. But Yeah, Christian yeah. community makes a big, a big difference in really, life, for sure. Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. I went to a very small school compared to Brookings. Mm -hmm. Um, I graduated with, I think, 42 people total in the class. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, you know, you you know everyone in your class. Mm -hmm. And so even if you're not not friends with all of them, but, like, you still know kind of what's going on in each of their lives, Mm -hmm. I can't, (laughs) my brain can't fathom going to um, Brookings or Mm -hmm. even, like, a Sioux Falls school or something, like a double-A school you know it's just i can't fathom like going <laughs> how many did you graduate with in your class oh gosh i knew you were gonna ask that i don't know <laughs> you, you can give like a general answer like was oh, it like man. 200 Probably more than that okay. something like that okay yeah. yeah like i can't i just can't imagine mm-hmm. like the the all of the things that come with having like a bigger school mm-hmm. like that just yeah. the extra levels of peer pressure and, mm-hmm. and clicks and stuff you know like that stuff obviously doesn't go away it yeah. exists at every every level of life but um yeah Mm -hmm. i can't imagine the the community (laughs) aspect of going to that kind of a a school versus the one that i went to like Mm -hmm. just totally different (laughs) yeah i graduated with 500 jordan 500 (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) 
That's there crazy. Two thousand people at my school. Oh my gosh. So was there ever <laughs> was there ever a day that you walked the halls and you pass someone and you're like, oh, I've never seen them before. Oh, yeah, daily. Like daily, you yeah. were like, oh yeah, I've yeah, never seen you person. in my even entire people life. when we graduated. I was like, I don't know who that is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just cannot wrap my head around that. Like, yeah, not. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. That's yeah. just crazy. Like I knew who I was gonna see every single day. Like even if they weren't in my class, because yeah. you know you had you know multiple grades in the same building mm-hmm. that like i'm walking to one of my classes and i knew who right i was going to be passing in the hallway when they were going mm-hmm. to like even if they were like a freshman or something yeah like yeah. just yeah that's just crazy to me i can't i know when it I like went... overwhelms me thinking about <laughs> yeah. it for my own kids someday i'm like i'm gonna have no <laughs> personal experience for me <laughs> to, to like impact to mm-hmm. pass on to you like you're on your own maggie like i can't right. do it yeah and i think that every kindergarten class keeps getting bigger when they come right? in so uh-huh. you know, who knows what it'll be like by the time maggie's in high school man yeah when i went to indiana wesleyan and like met all these new people it was like their classes were all bigger than mine which is so weird because you know we're in south dakota brookings is the fourth biggest town i'm pretty sure and so and we have like twenty four thousand, i think but like in indiana the town that has twenty four thousand is like way down Mm -hmm. on the small right like list of most populated towns in indiana so like i just remember everyone asking me like oh how big is your class and I told them they're like wow that's such a small school (laughs) and I was like what yeah (laughs) like how I just I don't get it and then my roommate is from Carmel Indiana which is a suburb of Indianapolis Indianapolis. and I went to visit her and her school has two floors her high school has or is it three I can't remember but like I feel like even that is just crazy to comprehend, like a school with two or three floors, a high mm-hmm. school. Like that's just <laughs> weird to think about. Yeah. My middle school had two floors. Really? Yeah. Your my high school, school. Didn't, didn't, but it was just really big, mm-hmm. like wide and long. Yeah. But my middle school had two floors. That's so weird. <laughs> my high school had two floors, but the building size was like... Tiny. Yeah. Tiny. So like mm-hmm. I walked into the the middle school um the summer to help out i was doing something for a a teacher and i that was the first time i had ever been in the middle school Mm -hmm. um and i was like overwhelmed when i walked in like (laughs) they were trying to because i i was like trying to figure out where i needed to go Uh um even with no people in the building obviously yeah and i'm like uh i this place is like a maze (laughs) like i couldn't even figure it out like i was so overwhelmed like i felt really bad for thinking about my kids someday i mean they'll be fine they're fine they'll be fine but i was like overwhelmed like this is bigger than i think you could have probably put my elementary and my high school all together and it oh still gosh. wouldn't have been the same real estate Jeez. as the middle school the middle school here but the middle school so is really nice but mm-hmm. it, it was it's huge yeah so funny. anyway <laughs> um so now that you're in college, you're going to be a sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> um, what has a lot of things have changed? Yeah. What has changed since um, 
your experience um, with that in high school, how does mm-hmm. that, what you've learned in high school and how you've grown in that and how does that change since going mm-hmm. to, to college and meeting that new environment and all the, mm-hmm. you know, the other changes that come yeah. with just, you know, moving away from home and not having, you know, maybe mm-hmm. the same support system that you yeah had so close like mm-hmm. you still have that obviously but not right. with you you know look geograph geographically yeah. uh-huh. how, how did that transition go well it was pretty difficult I'm gonna <laughs> be honest with you especially being 13 hours away from home it was so difficult and I like that you used the words support system because that is definitely like I was so far from my support system. You know, even my really close friends were a part of that support system, and I just wasn't close to them. You know, FaceTiming is very different from just being there with them, you know? Because when I was here at home, I could just go home and be with my mom, and that was, like, enough for me to feel, like, safe. And, like, I felt safe at IWU, obviously, Indiana Wesleyan, but, like, it's just so different, you know? Mm -hmm. You're not in the comfort of your own home. And it was just, it was really, really difficult, especially since everybody there was from Indiana, so their homes were, support systems were, like, an hour away, three hours away even. So for a weekend, they could just go home if they felt like they needed to be, like, refilled with you know, whatever, (laughs) but I couldn't do that, you know, um, and so with that, no, I felt like nobody could really relate to me, you know, like, none of them really understood that I was so far from home, and, like, in a very different place, like, you know, if that makes any sense, so the transition was definitely really hard, and it kind of, um, brought on a whole new level of like mental health problems that I was able to deal with once I did find a really solid friend group but it was still like all of these issues that I was facing I felt like I had overcome and now I was dealing with them again Mm -hmm. you know like social anxiety I thought I had overcome and gotten over but it turns out it was it's not something that you just get over, <laughs> you know, something that comes back, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty hard to sum it up. <laughs> so, obviously, with COVID happening during all of that and the, yeah. the isolation yeah. that already came from that, you mm-hmm. were obviously already feeling isolated Yeah. being in college. Um, yeah. What was the... Um, what were things that you did to counter Mm -hmm. that or to remedy the situation or yeah so let's see it was really hard it's definitely not something that I overcame right away it took probably a good two or three months until I had really um worked through it and found that solid friend group like finding that friend group was such a huge thing for me it helped so much because before that it was just like I was hanging out with my roommate the whole time and she had been finding her friend group and I didn't want to be like 
oh, well, can I come with? Like, can I just tag along with you? You know, I, I wanted to find my own friend group and not feel like I was just, like, tagging along with her, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that I had to realize, like, not everybody, or I had to realize that everybody was focusing on finding their own people. Nobody was focusing on, oh, I need to make sure this person's included, and, like, I need to make friends with everybody. They just kind of, which isn't a bad thing at all. Like, it's not a bad thing to be focused on finding your people, you know, but, like, what I was going through, everybody else was also going through, you know, and so I had to realize that I wasn't alone in that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't the only one struggling with that, and then that kind of helped me to like be more open you know so yeah it's even uh i i know there's like a a saying or something but there's comfort in knowing that other even if you're not um Mm -hmm. friends or creating community but there's comfort in knowing that other people are struggling with the the same thing you are even if you're not doing it you Mm -hmm. know necessarily together yeah Yeah. Yeah, exactly Mm -hmm. yeah it's funny you talking about that because I, I just now was thinking, I'm like, Gina and I both had very similar <laughs> things that we wrote about yeah. in our stories that <laughs> different situations, but like mm-hmm. you almost like you touched on both of the ones that we both have individually really? talked about. So like <laughs> yeah. in my holiday that I did last season, I one of the s- scenarios or situations that I had in my story was talking about the you know talking about graduating with 42 people mm-hmm. like i had a i had a close knit group of friends mm-hmm. and had my community which was mostly consisted of um friends from my small group mm-hmm. and a majority of them went to SDSU no one came with me to DSU granted mm-hmm. totally different as far as geography goes yeah. like 45 <laughs> minutes apart like we could have you know yeah seen each other and we did but like I'm a poor mm-hmm. college student like I, I right. can't afford to drive to Birkings every single weekend mm-hmm. to you know come see them and anyway so I wrote about I struggled with that too I'd never like struggled with not having people mm-hmm. when I was um living at home and going to high school and middle school and all that and so yeah. like it was you know a huge like I had no experience when I moved into college and not having people anymore. And mm-hmm. then and then that brought on, you know, the mental health issues of like depression and right. anxiety and all this other stuff that I had no experience on coping with and how to deal mm-hmm. with it. That it was like, I'm on my own and I don't even understand what I'm feeling or what <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm doing right now and yeah. feeling so isolated. And then Jaina talked about, you know, I'll let you yeah. talk about it, but moving yeah. here I mean, was very yeah. similar to her college experience. Moving the same distance because you went where I <laughs> right. left, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, and it's interesting to hear you talk about like that realization of like everybody's going through the same thing because that was not the case for me. Like moving here, mm-hmm. I was looking for community. I was looking for a friend group, but nobody else was because they had already right. been here. Mm-hmm. And so that was hard to like, okay, well, how do I fit into right. something that pre-exists? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but even in that, that realization of like everybody's going through their own things and no mm-hmm. one's as concerned about me as I am, yeah. you know, was like really eye-opening to to even just to help put myself in perspective, not to belittle myself or to mm-hmm. think 
oh, my problems are important or my feelings or my thoughts or my depression isn't important. Mm -hmm. But even to take some of that pressure of that Mm -hmm. internal isolation off. Yeah. So, yeah, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Internal isolation. I like that. That's, yes. that's a good way of phrasing that. Uh-huh. There's that's, definitely that's a lot of the times because there's there's external isolation, but I've noticed even in the last couple months or even over the year of COVID mm-hmm. of like a lot of my aloneness was completely internal and not because yeah. there weren't people around me who cared about me. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jordan asked so many good questions. I'm sorry. I felt yeah, like I was good. just kind of. Yeah. It was good. It was just, <laughs> just going. Just got to sit and listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think that, um, like, having had those experiences in middle school and high school and even having a year of college underneath, like, kind of your belt, what do you think that this next year holds for you of, in general, in relation to mm-hmm. anything we've already talked about? I don't know. Whatever you think. Yeah. Or hopes. <laughs> Uh Yeah. Even if you don't know. Kind of an open-ended question. Yeah. So I'm starting a new job at Indiana Wesleyan as a barista on the, like, um, campus coffee shop there. So I am, as at the same time that I'm nervous, I'm so excited to, like, be more in the community Mm -hmm. and not just do doing whatever my friends are doing you know like actually going out and doing my own things like stepping out out of my comfort zone and so that's gonna be probably the like biggest thing for me this year um stepping out and trying something completely out of my comfort zone and then also chapel was like Chapel is a huge thing at Indiana Wesleyan, and this, like, last year, it kind of became not a huge thing Mm -hmm. because of COVID, and so whenever I would visit Iwu, I would, we would go to chapel, obviously, Mm -hmm. because we loved chapel, and it was one of the reasons that I chose Iwu to go to, because it was just amazing. You would just, like, feel God in the room with you and with everybody and it was just an amazing experience but chapel was live streamed last year and so we didn't get to have that experience basically at all which was really hard because like i said that was one of the reasons i chose iwu and so that was really difficult and hopefully we do get to have it in person this year with masks but I think that is better than having it live streamed because a lot of the time what we would do is like have it on our phones but then do something else instead of actually watching chapel Mm -hmm. which was obviously not (laughs) beneficial at all so yeah I think that'll be a really huge thing finally getting to experience chapel and experience God the way that everybody at IWU has Mm -hmm. You know, getting to be a part of that worship experience and, you know, actually pay attention this year. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought of two different things while you were just talking. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll hit the phone thing because that was the most recent one that you talked about mm-hmm. experiencing it through a phone. So... Um, 
I don't know how old you are, but I'm assuming you've had means to a screen or a phone or social media for yeah. pretty much a majority of your life, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Depending yeah. on, your, depending <laughs> yes. on how your parents decide, like, what the yeah. you know, environment was like in your home as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. But so knowing your story a little bit and then you just talking about, like alluding to experiencing something through a screen versus being in person and all this stuff. How do you, how did social media or just like having technology in your hand, especially growing up, Mm -hmm. did you have a phone when you were in middle school and high school? Well, I Or have social media accounts like Facebook? Mm -hmm. Like I'm curious of like going through those like developmental years of maturity and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff and you know from a biology standpoint like your uh-huh. brain hasn't fully <laughs> developed yet and you're right. you know experiencing yeah. all these things with this this device in your hand like how did how did that play a role into you mm-hmm. know any any part of that yeah so i had like an ipod in middle school so it wasn't a mm-hmm. phone i couldn't like text on it or email or call or anything like that you know it wasn't like a registered phone you know but i did have instagram snapchat vine <laughs> all of those oh, things remember vine yeah, yeah. yeah it's vine <laughs> um that was the beginning yeah. of the end of where i was like oh yeah. i can't do like i'm getting i'm not that i wasn't that old when vine mm-hmm. came out but i remember when vine came out and i'm like oh yeah. this is too much i can i can only handle the yep. blue icon and the and the pink icon and i was like i can't handle more can't, can't like bring the green in yeah there. yeah got vine yeah. i already suck at twitter like i can't do more things here uh-huh yeah i i definitely remember snapchat being a really huge kind of like drama thing i don't know how to describe it but back then is when you could see people's best friends list Mm -hmm. and so if you if your best friend didn't have you on your best friend list on snapchat it was like oh my gosh i'm not your real best friend like who's this person (laughs) that you're talking to more than me like am i not your real best friend but like like when you think about <laughs> it, looking it's back so at dumb. it, yeah. <laughs> like how was that such a yeah. huge thing for but, us? Back but then? back then, like that was right. the most real thing for you, yeah. right? Like exactly. I remember Facebook. I can't remember when Facebook added add-ons or apps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there was a time when Facebook was literally just you went to someone's profile and you wrote on their mm-hmm. wall. Oh yeah, and like that was the only. Like I could still go back and like you could see how people were having conversation like yeah. it shows so up weirdly yeah. now but you can see like that was messenger like <laughs> yeah. you went wrote yeah. a message on their wall they would go right on your wall go back mm-hmm. and forth mm-hmm. but i remember when they added apps or add-ons or w- whatever they called it yeah that there was additional things that would show up on your profile and i remember mm-hmm. there being i don't remember the name of it but essentially it was a a top friends list and i think it mm-hmm. gave you nine spots because mm-hmm. yeah. from like a aesthetic standpoint i think it was literally a three by three little box on the side Mm -hmm. and so you like you listed three or uh, nine friends in there and then Mm -hmm. there was like obviously a priority (laughs) order of like who was number one and who was number Uh nine of like Uh yes or even like myspace when we used to do that Uh (laughs) oh myspace Uh uh-huh i remember in middle school people or yeah people would like 
put their best friends in their bio, you know? Like, I remember specifically one of mine, one of my friends would do that, and she would just, like, list all of her friends in her <laughs> Instagram bio, and and then she would change it every once in a while. So I remember mm. I was at the top at one point, but then I looked the next week, and I was, like, third, and I was like, what? What did I do? But it's like, I don't remember how, why that was a thing, but, like... It's crazy how, it's just, yeah, just yeah. The, basically watching your mm-hmm. your relationship with others, like, play out in real time. Like, not in mm-hmm. real time, but, like, on social media, like, just, you know, how the pettiness or, you know, mm-hmm. the, any type of feelings that somebody mm-hmm. has toward another person of, like, you know, how willing they are to, like, publicize that on social media, yeah. but then, like, yeah. they won't they wouldn't do, do that in, in person right. in school. Yeah. Like it's yeah, just it's exactly. interesting the di- the the dynamic of um, mm-hmm. relationship difference and personality difference there is like right. when you're putting a face to face situation versus you know through a screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Social media is pretty, <laughs> and it's just like grown yeah. since then. Like it's totally changed the way we live yeah. in a relationship with others. Right. And like mm-hmm. TikTok is just a thing that has kind of taken over some people's lives. Like I have the time man- management thing set on mine for like an hour so that I can't spend any more time on that because otherwise I'll just like spend three hours on it and yeah. I'll just like look back and be like, wow, I could have gotten so much done and I've just <laughs> been on TikTok. So that has been a huge thing and like I feel like although TikTok is a big like platform for like people to just be entertained but at the same time there's so much drama that goes on there that just like causes so much like mental health issues like there are things on there that are not okay at all like Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to describe what but like there have been things like bullying obviously is a huge thing on TikTok and like everybody gets offended by everything like you can't just say something and people will just ignore it like mm-hmm. even if it's something so small someone's Someone, gonna someone's always gonna find a yeah they're gonna whether Make it's a negative uh, whether yeah. whether it's real or mm-hmm. not but they're gonna find a a deeper meaning to something yeah, that you said and exactly. like you know dissect it you know mm-hmm. a part where it may not even had anything to do with what they're saying yeah you know? exactly yeah. and I think it's just so unhealthy to be part of that like I'm not judging anybody who spends like because obviously it's a job for some people some people literally make their income from TikTok mm-hmm. so I'm obviously not judging like anybody who chooses to spend so much time on TikTok but at the same time it's like should like it's so unhealthy to just like choose to be a part of a very toxic community you know but at the same time there is a way to avoid that you know like you can spend hours on TikTok and just like you can avoid that kind of stuff you know but it's still really difficult mm-hmm. too so yeah yeah <laughs> I struggle the same thing. Not TikTok, but <laughs> social media. In general. Social media in general, mm-hmm. like mostly Instagram. I just stay away from Facebook. I mean, I have Facebook, yeah. but like I just, mm-hmm. I don't think I've posted anything on my Facebook, and yeah. you know, pr- 
probably uh-huh. i think i posted like one time during covid and that was it like <laughs> even like sloan being born like yeah <laughs> the people who need to know already know that you know yeah. she's here like i don't i don't need to broadcast her on facebook mm-hmm. to you know yeah. harbor more likes so mm-hmm. um but yeah i've i i do currently still will probably always struggle with social media and just instagram and stuff like mm-hmm. having a business and sharing photos and of work and things and you know whatever or if i have if i feel like i have something profound to say as an enneagram (laughs) four and and then i don't uh and then i don't get the response that i have premeditated in my brain that i'm like this is what i want um Uh and then i inevitably do not get what i want Mm -hmm. um and then i'm like what's wrong with me why don't more people like why does this not resonate with them? Like, why do they not like this? Like, how hard mm-hmm. is it to just double tap a photo? Like, <laughs> all these different things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then, like, you know, social, the, the um, internal isolation kind of comes in. Like, Jana said that, like, mm-hmm. I get so far into myself that I'm in that deep well of emotions that I'm, you know, <laughs> reading into every yeah. possible thing and uh-huh. basically going through conspiracy theories in my mind of like <laughs> why that oh why I haven't gotten more likes or you know well, like yeah. it's yeah. A, it can be extremely unhealthy and so mm-hmm. I it's a daily challenge to like not do that and so mm-hmm. yeah I've I've had to cut make very strong efforts to cut social media out of my life and yeah. and set boundaries and I've tried yeah. to do the time management built into the phone and stuff like that mm-hmm. to lock you lock you out of apps and things like that and yeah yeah for so. sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. social media man yeah yeah it's the I worst <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, you just you ruin, you ruined the world. Um, it really changed everything. Uh, uh-huh. um, the second question I was gonna, um, oh, yeah. um, because I wanna I wanna hear about your relationship with your mom because we love mm-hmm. Julie. Yeah. Um, so, um, how has your relationship with your mom? Obviously, you, you've brought her up a couple times already, mm-hmm. and I know Julie, mm-hmm. and uh, Jana knows Julie, so we obviously yeah. have a little <laughs> bit of idea of what she means to you, Yeah. but um, for those who maybe don't know you, or maybe those who don't have a strong relationship with their parents, mm-hmm. um, like you do, um, what has that relationship with your mom been like for you? Like Just in general. Just in general, and, <laughs> uh-huh. and you know, just like growing up and you know Mm -hmm. talking about middle school and high school and you know even now college and being away from home like you obviously lived in the same Mm -hmm. house as her during the middle school and high school time that you had her in close proximity and she was available but Mm -hmm. then going to college and you know becoming an adult away from home Mm -hmm. and all this stuff like how how has your strong relationship that you've had growing up how has that Mm -hmm. um influenced or you know benefited you being away from home yeah so my mom has been my best friend since like middle school I'm pretty sure is when we really just had a connection because like she has such a connection to teenagers like Mm -hmm. teenagers are basically they're her calling you know Mm -hmm. she's literally called to make an impact in their life you know And so I just think having 
that person right next to me, like living with that person has been so beneficial, like for my mental health even. And like going to college so far away was really difficult. Like I remember the day that I said goodbye to her and the rest of my family that came to like move me in. It was very difficult, especially like since it hadn't hit me until that moment of saying goodbye. Mm-hmm how difficult it was going to be being away, being so far away from her. But I was that person that called my mom every day for multiple (laughs) days in a row. There were definitely some weeks, even like towards the end of the semester. Like it wasn't like I was just, okay, I'm over missing my mom. Like, no, I missed my mom the entire time I was gone. (laughs) There were weeks where I called her every day for sure. So It was really hard, but it's definitely beneficial being so close with my mom. Like, um, some of my friends, like, they don't have that kind of relationship with either of their parents and, or like, their parents are divorced, you know? And it's just like a whole different, um, dynamic that I don't even, I can't even begin to relate to because my parents are still married and... You know, like our family is very close and it we're I'm very lucky to have something like that. I feel like a lot of families these days aren't as close as like my family is, you know. I have a lot a lot more family drama <laughs> as they would say, you know. So it's definitely very I'm very thankful to have the kind of relationship that I do with my mom and with the rest of my family because I know that not everyone can say the same, you know. Mm-hmm. How is that? Have you had conversation? Like, I'm assuming you've had friends. Mm-hmm. Probably not since college because, I mean, they haven't met yeah. your parents. Um, uh-huh. But when you were here and going to middle school and high school, um, did you ever have conversations with friends or have friends that would ask you questions about your relationship with your parents and your mom? And, mm-hmm. like because maybe they envied that and mm-hmm. couldn't have that or didn't have that like um honestly not really okay <laughs> because it was one of those things where I didn't want to like bring up myself cuz it could be a very touchy subject for a lot of people you know having um an like an unstable relationship with your parents can be a very huge factor to a lot of issues in people's lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if I didn't bring it up then, and they didn't bring it up, then it was just not something that I wanted to really talk about. I mean, I did actually in middle school, um, I did have a friend who asked me like, what's it like having parents who are still together? And in that moment I was kind of like, Hmm. Well, I don't really know any difference, so I don't really know how to answer that. But um, she was the kind of friend who's, you know, her parents were divorced and didn't live in the same area. So it wasn't like she could even see both of her parents at the same time. Like she would have to travel somewhere to go Mm -hmm. see the other parent, you know. But like in that moment, I was just like, hmm, like, I guess I'm kind of in the minority a little bit because I feel like a lot of 
people get divorced nowadays you know it's, it's very common yeah. definitely becoming more of a thing and it's not something that i really realized until that moment so yeah. yeah that's a really sad question like you're yeah. afraid to ask me like <laughs> yeah. that's like that hurts my heart just yeah. hearing that question like that you think of uh, mm-hmm. a 13 year old or you know a, t- a young teenager yeah. asking that question of like what's it like to have parents that are still together mm-hmm. like that's just sad to yeah. think about to I know. imagine sure. what she yeah. he or she was feeling yeah. at that time like mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly mm. All right, that was really that was that was a a, a moodier uh, answer. I feel like I need to have a nicer, upbeat one. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Anything for you, Jana? No. <laughs> we'll end it with we'll end it with one last thing. So you have you're going to school for um, counseling. And yeah. psychology. Yes. Basically, it, like social work. And social psychology. work. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. So I'm assuming that your story plays into that decision a little bit. Yeah. Not something you probably have always been interested in until maybe, well, you know, the last four years or so. Mm-hmm. Or it's been longer than that. Yeah. So how I kind of started wanting to become a counselor or something around those lines Um was this thing we would do in high school where you had to like take this quiz and then it would tell you jobs that you'd be good at which was i hated that i know so much right like so many of my peers were just like this is dumb like this is so stupid i don't know what i want to do but like for me i would always get like counselor or something like that you know and so I just kind of I like told my mom and she's like oh yeah you'd be good at that and so it just kind of happened because of that it's kind of dumb (laughs) but (laughs) you know um I had to go to counseling my junior year for a lot of um mental health issues that I was struggling with depression my depression was pretty bad my junior year so I definitely wanted to work on that and um my counselor was amazing I loved her (laughs) she's she just really helped me kind of work on or not work on necessarily but um help me realize some of the things that I was like like avoiding working on if that makes any sense and she was just somebody who really helped me process my thoughts like Mm. even though I'm already a huge processor it's still difficult when I'm the only one there to process my own thoughts you know (laughs) it's so beneficial to have somebody else there to just like help me realize some of the things that I was going through and needed to work on if that makes any sense. Yeah. So very much makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just cool even like going to counseling and being like, I want to be a counselor, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it'd be kind of weird to say that I want to be a counselor without going to counseling at some mm. point in my life, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's beneficial for anybody to go to counseling. I think like it's definitely something that, like, I think it's weird how some people 
will be like, oh, you go to counseling? That's so, like, <laughs> you are mentally ill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, there's <Yeah>. a stigma. <laughs> but honestly, a lot of people go to counseling just to talk about their day with somebody, just to have somebody to talk about that stuff with. Even if it's just, like, work was stressful, you know, my family life is stressful. Like, even that is so beneficial to have. You know, it's not just something you go to to get all of your problems fixed, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, like, going to counseling just to talk about random stuff with is super beneficial. So, yeah, I think having that calling is something that I feel like is another thing that I'm lucky to have. Like, a lot of people still don't know what they want to do at my age, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, it's crazy, but, (laughs) you know, because I came into IWU just having a psychology major. I didn't really know what social work was, if I'm being honest. But then, like, once I added it, I realized that there's so many other things you can do as a social worker. You don't just have, like, one thing that you can do. Like, there's so many things you can do with a social work degree. And so if counseling doesn't work out, then I can try something else, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a really nice thing. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lastly, (laughs) I'll let you impart some advice. Yeah. So for anyone who might be listening that has struggled with depression or any type of mm-hmm. mental health um and maybe even more specific maybe even is you know a freshman going into college or you know mm-hmm. or just making a transition into a new part of life you know no matter mm-hmm. you know what age um what are you know a couple things one thing that you would really recommend to like Mm-hmm. give them a healthy start or you know a place to to begin this next you know season of life mm-hmm. I think a really big thing that I've struggled with is relying on people for my faith which I kind of talked about earlier um but and I think it's also something that I feel like a lot of people don't realize that they struggle with especially in the church you know like you hear of like a lot of the reasons people will stop going to church is because they were hurt by a specific person or a group of people in the church and then because of that they saw God that way you know mm-hmm. like as Christians we kind of in a way like represent God and so I think specifically like in high school um one of the reasons that I strayed from God at one point in my life was because I was hurt by a specific person. And that just kind of, I didn't realize it until later, but it kind of made me angry at God for the, for what this person did, just because they were a leader in the church, you know? And it just kind of really was the beginning factor of how I started to not be as close with God at that point in my life, you know? And so that is something that I really emphasize. Like, don't just rely on people for your faith. Like, even though you might have, like, a mentor in the church or, like, 
a pastor or something that you're really close with, like that person isn't God, mm-hmm. you know? And the thing is that they might do to hurt you, even if it's not on purpose, like that doesn't reflect God. Like mm-hmm. humans and God are very different, you know? So like we're humans, we make mistakes, even mm-hmm. though we're Christians and we represent God, we're not God, <laughs> you know? And so that's definitely something I highly emphasize to, like, any Christian struggling with mental health. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is good. <laughs> that's real good. So good. Mm-hmm. Don't let your perception or other people's um, actions mm-hmm. be the um, perception of how you should view God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's good. Mm-hmm. So good. That's real good. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's it. That's it. All that's right. the that podcast. Um, <laughs> I feel like I didn't talk at all. Sorry. <laughs> I was just, just listening, just taking it all in. Hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving forward, we're, there's no time. I don't have a timetable for when season three is going to start. Um, so we're, we may do a couple of random podcasts like this, not on a schedule, not, mm-hmm. you know, no, um, itinerary or timeline you know whatever um so we'll we'll post random podcast episodes when when they if and when they come available um the plan for season three um we may not launch until january um just there's a lot of stuff going on right now (laughs) and i just I didn't have a baby. My wife had a baby and we are <laughs> trying to survive with a newborn. And so there's just a lot of stuff going on. And, um, so as far as season three goes, um, we will, we'll, we'll do it when it's time to do it. I guess that's the best answer I can give. So, um, I'm hoping to, to get on that here and, um, soon once my family and I find a new rhythm of life with, uh, <laughs> Uh, family of five uh, my wife and I a friend of ours very nicely put it that we have moved from um, playing man to man to playing zone <laughs> defense yeah. so um, there are three of them and two of us and a lot of times it feels more than that there's more than three <laughs> of like them there's too. six of them yeah so, <laughs> um, bear with us as we we manage that and and try to get season three going so um but i think we're going to do a new format jane and i have been discussing the new format for season three and we kind of think we're going to play around with this idea of maybe just doing the podcast um first rather than the written story and just continue to have these organic conversations hopefully Mm -hmm people enjoyed the one that we just had with Courtney I think it was great <laughs> yeah Hopefully, was I don't know what it'll be like from a, a listening standpoint on the podcast but I think it was really fun so um I think we're going to do this moving forward and try it out and if it doesn't See go it well then yeah. we'll, you know, we'll everything's recalibrate recalibrate yeah <laughs> everything can change so um yeah that's it for this one stay tuned for another random podcast conversation so <laughs> Bye. Bye.